0: Hey fellow gamers, before I get into uh, this episode of Rolling for Change, i got a couple of things I want to talk to you about. The first one is uh, is our Geek Therapy Discord group. This is at geektherapy.com forward slash discord. Are you tired of like the, the negativity on Facebook, the ad streaming on Facebook, all the craziness on Facebook that sometimes takes us away from our social milieu? and puts us in a place of being unhappy, stressed out, just don't like it. That that was me. I was tired of of that stuff, and I kind of disconnected from Facebook just because of that. Discovered friends were not friends. Discovered people had values that I didn't agree with. All these different things, so I took a step back. And when I took a step back, there was the Geek Therapy Discord group, which seemed to grab me back and give me a place to to chat with others about things I liked, things I loved, things that were making an impact on my life. And it didn't have the sort of negative connotation that sometimes you find in Facebook. So I just want to invite everybody to join us in our community. Every community has got to have a place to gather and This is our place for gathering. And it's very exciting. We talk about all the different medias that are impacting us, whether it's Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame, Star Wars, or board games. We have a board games channel there. So please come and join us in the discard cord server. Um, We can get to talk about all these things that we talk about on Rolling for Change, as well as whatever you want to talk about, because it's a place for everyone to come and hang out and be happy. Uh, Okay, it's like a Lego world in there. The next piece is that the podcast you're about to listen to has a lot of 12-year-old humor, or 13-year-old, whatever you want to call it, Anyway, uh, we get to giggling like uh, silly, silly school kids because uh, the topic of our conversation is intimacy—the uh, way board games and and uh, other games induce or promote intimacy, sexuality, relationships. And so, what that means to you as a listener is that if you're easily offended, this is not the podcast for you this time also that this is really not a kid-based podcast this week. I mean, Rolling for Change has never made a big deal of of saying that we are or are not a podcast for kids. But if you believe in the adult conspiracy and you don't want to get involved in uh, trying to explain some of these topics to your children, I suggest you not listen to this episode (laughs) with your children. If, however... You're like Piers Anthony and you say, I, I don't believe in the adult conspiracy and I'm going to be completely open with my child, then go forth and listen to this episode. Nevertheless, I have to say we had a lot of fun. Uh, Brian and uh, I brought our wives along, Susie and Ginger, and we had a very interesting discussion about the way that games play a role in our relationships, whether it's about building relationship and intimacy in the relationship or about building a a sexual conduit or whatever you want to call it through through gaming, you know, using the game as a promoter of sexuality. All these things are present in this podcast, so uh, if you're not with us, hang up now. That, that's like a 90s thing to say. Hang up now, and uh, you won't have to hear the rest of it, so. <laughs> All right, without further ado, here is our 27th episode of Rolling for Change. Hey, folks, welcome to Rolling for Change. My name is Woody Harris. Rolling for Change is a podcast about the impact that board games are having on us psychologically, sociologically, and even sexually. Uh, my name is Woody Harris, and I am joined by four wonderful co hosts today. We have, of course, Brian Peace. Yo, what's up? Josue Cardona. Hello. And very special guests, my wife, Susie, and Brian's wife, Ginger. Hi, guys.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Welcome. Oh, we're, we're so excited to be That's you why join it's us. sexually. Now I get
2: it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be downstairs in just a minute. <laughs>
0: so we (laughs) you guys are killing me we are going to talk today about how board games create intimacy uh how they they bring us closer together as couples or as groups um whether we're talking about love relationships or intimate relationships or even gosh darn it just sexual relationships but uh first we'll just uh quickly go around the room and talk about just one, one game each that's been exciting us recently. And I think a good place to start this time is with Brian. What's, what's exciting you now?
2: Um, Well, I got a a new Kickstarter that just came in. It's uh, been two and a half years in the making. They ran into some production issues, but at least, you know, we've been keeping on top of things. We've known how the process is going. Um, It's called Campaign Trail. It is a two to six player game where you're either playing as Republicans, Democrats, or independents running, um, an election for president. So you can either play two players as one of the, one of two of the parties, or if you're playing six players, you're either you're playing all three parties. And one's the presidential candidate and the other one's the vice presidential candidate and you're playing teams. Trying to get your, your party elected. And it's really neat. I mean, it's, if you if you think about games like 1960, making of the president and, um, Twilight struggle, Twilight struggle and campaign manager, 2008 campaign manager, 2008 is the most basic simplistic one. Then there's this game and then 1960 and then Twilight struggle as opposed to as comparing uh, complexity this game was much more streamlined i think than some of the others i mean 1960 has its is actually a touch more simplistic and has fewer options um this game is so so good um i'm glad i waited the two and a half years for it i'm glad i backed it um ginger and i played a game the other day and we had a I had a blast. She had a
0: good time, I think, but I had a blast. (laughs) You had a blast. She had a good time. Yeah. So did it bring you closer together? Yeah, I think. Like
2: all games do, even if we are competing. Ginger, did it bring you
0: closer together?
1: Yeah, I took one for the team because I did not like that type of game. But come to find out, I really did like it.
0: Excellent. All right. Okay. What about you, Susie? What have you been playing that you're really enjoying? It can be video games or games. It doesn't have to be cardboard.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that changes things. So then I'm going to say that I really enjoyed Mario Kart Deluxe. Eight. Eight. For the Switch. Yes. We just got it. uh, So we do family time every Friday night um, with uh, Brandon, with our son. And so last night was my night, and I was planning on going to the park and doing the whole Pokemon catching thing and all that, but it started raining like a fiend, and so that was out. So we went and got Mario Kart 8, and um, we played that after dinner, and it was a lot of fun, though it broke my hand, I feel like, but it was a lot of fun and yes I think it did it anytime I get to play video games with people with other people like I I always think that that brings me closer together because it's a shared experience
0: like a couch co-op kind of thing
3: yeah because video games can be so so singular you know most of them are one player and it's it's just you versus this the machine and so when you have a an experience where it's and it's not a co-op. I mean, you're obviously competing against each other, but it's still, there's trash talk and there's laughter and there's a lot of fun with it. So I enjoyed oh, that a lot.
2: I was just thinking, you guys could have played Pokemon Go with some umbrellas and then you might
0: have caught some more water types.
3: <laughs> or true. somebody would have
0: called us the Umbrella Academy. Hey! Ooh, well played. <laughs> okay, uh, what about you, Josue? What's, what's, been, what's been on your mind?
4: I've been playing a game called Anthem. It's a brand new game from, it's a video game from the company BioWare. They made Knights of the Old Republic and the Mass Effect games. So, this, much like their other games, is a, is a sci fi world. This is a brand new IP for them. And I was really excited about it because it, it falls under the category of what we're now calling looter shooters, which is uh, games that are either first person or third person shooters, uh, but they're also like Diablo and that you're, um, destroying lots of enemies and you're constantly upgrading your gear with new equipment, new weapons.
3: And grabbing uh, all the stuff.
4: Grabbing all the stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what I love about it is that it's a four-player co-op game. So even though I could play it on my own, every time you go out into the world, uh, narratively there's always a team. So the game is always online, is always matching you with three other people. So I don't like to play with random people online, but I've been able to play with many of my friends who, who we all agreed. I've been hyping everybody up for the last couple months about it, so I convinced a few to get it. So there's enough of us that uh, I, I never play the game alone now. It's been a lot of fun. I got to play with a full team of four and not like three and, and another random person uh, the other day, and it was, it was just tons of fun. And it's a game where you, you're practically Iron Man. You, everybody has these uh, mechanical suits and everybody can fly through the world. It is, oh, it feels so good. It's a lot of fun.
0: And so it doesn't, it doesn't require you to, uh, you, you can choose who you want to bring along basically.
4: Um, if you have friends, you can bring them along. Otherwise the game matches you, uh, you know, randomly. But nobody plays alone, basically. I mean, technically you could turn off the feature and you could go into the world alone, but it's not designed to be played that way. So you would have a really tough time because the game doesn't really scale for one person. It's always designed to have four people in the world.
0: Okay. I just wondered because I, I thought maybe it was just kind of randomly matching you up with people and you're hoping that everybody was going to get on at the same time. I know that sounds crazy, but that was what was going on in my mind. No, you create a squad, and
4: if you, so, if it's if it's you and me, and then we'd go in, and then we'd stay together, and then another two people would be added. And it's always cooperative, so it's always, it's a team of what are called freelancers in the game, and you're all going after uh, the same objective.
0: Okay. It's a okay. lot of fun. Cool. Sounds like fun. How about you, Ginger? What have you been playing that's uh, kicking your boots? I don't know where that came from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I've been playing, uh, I like to- um, Concordia um, Partners,
0: the Venus uh, game, Concordia Venus. Venus? Yeah,
3: Venus. I think that's it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I like that one. Um, we play Partners at um, Game Fest, and um, it's about area control and a little bit of a deck building that to multiply your things that you have on your your um, on the board regarding the area control, and um, I like that. That was a fun game. I like I liked the partner's aspect to it.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit tough to get used to yeah. trying to figure out how to communicate to your partner, hey, I need you to do this, without actually communicating to your partner, hey, I need you to do this. It's a typical trick taping kind of thing where you're like looking across at your partner, you're making that eye contact, and you're hoping some kind of secret communication is going on between you without actually verbalizing that secret communication.
1: Yeah, you have to be in sync, and if you're not in sync, then it does, it does throw things off.
2: Yeah, one of the players from I've never played it, but one of the players from what I understood insisted that no one have any table talk,
0: and then started some table talk, and everyone <laughs>
2: called him on. He's like, "Well, it's a subtle distinction between what we're doing and table talk," and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah I don't know."
0: <laughs> it's a rule until it's not a rule, and I say so. <laughs>
2: right I, yes. there was a significant amount of grousing following the game that i heard and then some people were defending it saying well i understand the distinction but it's really hard to follow that distinction right because it's easy to cross the line
0: yeah i think oh. you just have to play with a group of people that are going to agree that uh, we're going to mess this up sometimes we can't be too literalistic about rules because if it takes away from the fun then what's the point in doing it
1: right we had a great time
0: yeah i i really enjoyed it when i played it mm-hmm. And well, you even played go. it with me. You played yeah, as my
1: partner, and
3: we didn't kill each other. You all, you <laughs> hey all know, suck. We don't usually
0: feel... kill each other when we play together. <laughs> we just play. We just kill each other when we play co- competitively. That is true. That them. is true. You all suck. I haven't got played this yet.
2: I it's, feel left out.
3: Well, we haven't bought it yet, but we will. It's. Concordy. Imagine what it's
0: like for Josue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't
0: want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'll go back to the video game realm, because I've been having a really good time with a game called Everything, and this is not a game that will bring any intimacy to anybody, um, except that it kind of explains the world in a sense. So, the the game is basically, you start out as an animal, um, and you're on kind of a prairie landscape, and you go around and you start meeting other animals, and you meet other people, uh, other species of your type, and you can form band together with those species and and move across the land so you can be... You can move from being one camel to six camels and you're roaming across the land, listening to different things that different other animals are saying. And then you eventually can move... You can... It's not so much evolved, but you can change to a lower species form or a higher species form. Meaning basically like... um, You think about it this way. All our cells make up the body, so we can be the body... Or we can be the cell in the body. Or we can be the nucleus in the cell. Or we can be the subatomic particle in the nucleus. You know, it, it just keeps going deeper and deeper. Um, and then the amazing thing about this is that all throughout uh, a voice from my, I'll, I'll call it college childhood, a voice from my college childhood speaks out throughout the entire thing. Um, it's the one and only Alan Watts who has been like the backdrop for a lot of my uh developing understanding of the universe as a whole and uh it's there's no real I can't really see that there's like a goal per se except to just explore and find out more and and continue to evolve and now I'm up to the point of being some kind of alien spore um on another planet don't really know how that happened but I've been a planet I've been a universe and I've been some kind of weird mathematical frequency
3: that was the best one I think Watching you play this game is insane. So, <laughs> but that was my favorite was the mathematical frequency.
0: Yeah, that was really weird because it's hard. It's hard to move around as a mathematical frequency. Just so anybody who needs to know understands it. <laughs>
2: I've I've got to find out about this game. That sounds intriguing.
0: It, it's really fantastic. Um, uh, I just had a really good time with it, and uh, it's it's an easy purchase on the Switch. I'm not sure if it's on other platforms or not. Um.
3: You should mention the fact that it was it's actually unfinished, right? It <laughs> cuz the movement of the animals is the That's most interesting thing. That's
0: the weird thing. thing. And some people seem to say they like it and this game actually won some kind of academy award or something. And I don't know how games win an academy award, but um either way, the, they they had to rush it into production and so the animals don't walk.
3: They roll. They roll. Like
0: like they're stiff four-legged creatures that just roll across the the <laughs> With their really like, straight, weird. so yeah. it's, <laughs>
3: it's this weird thing. It's what hilarious. Is, what's the name
2: of the game again?
0: It's called Everything.
2: Brian, and it, it, no. These, these snippets of
0: Alan Watts—they're <laughs> just snippets of like his his lectures that he did um, out at Saybrook, out at uh, all the various places out in California where he he did his talks, and and it's just it's fantastic to hear all this. So it adds a real kind of philosophical dimension to my video game playing, and that's just been really fascinating to me. That that even a that, that a video game could even do something like this to inspire people to, I don't know, higher consciousness or a higher way of thinking, to re-examine their lives through a video game. I mean, that's really that's what rolling for change is all about. Is how games changes, and that that did it. It really did it to me.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, it is available on Steam. For Mac and Windows with everything plus the OST for
0: $18.68. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, you guys can all go out there and get that, but uh, I'd love to hear how people are enjoying everything. It's a fantastic one-player game, not intimate whatsoever unless you consider being a planet and dancing with another planet. Although,
2: according to Ginger, I can't go out and get it.
1: (laughs) So you did hear that comment. (laughs) at breakfast time he told me that we he's going to commandeer the xbox for a little while because all these games that are coming out for um for the xbox gold that he's going to have all these games so i'm thinking "Mm, another one on the list
2: the batman arkham asylum batman arkham city arkham city um alien um isolation a whole
0: bunch of free games just came out for gold Oh, wow. Okay. Alien Isolation, even. That's pretty amazing. I, I remember buying that. We, we've talked about that game before, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, good games all around. It sounds like we've got a lot of things to check out from each other. But let's get into talking about games that create intimacy. And uh, <laughs> I was talking earlier to uh, Josue and Susie about... Uh, I forget what we were talking about, but I said if you just put cardboard in front of you, that creates that between creates relationship. You.
3: Cardboard between you.
0: Between you, yeah. Put cardboard between you. It's it's good. It's, it'll work. And, and Susie had this image of a
3: a piece a cardboard of cardboard barrier. between the between the two of our heads, so yeah, you couldn't was, see each other. I
0: was I like, to say what that is would
2: that? that would chafe
0: otherwise.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was so confused.
0: Okay, tonight we're going to role play and we're going to use cardboard. <laughs> All right, so this idea comes from a conversation I had with a very good friend of mine who said that she and her husband had been talking about their relationship in relation to games. And these these guys, uh, I know them very well in the sense of playing games with them, and um, I kind of know their challenges with each other and, and some of the challenges that I might have with them as game players. But I really just, in my mind, as soon as we started talking about this, I got this like cascade of thoughts like, oh my God, we can use games to talk about our relationships and why haven't I really thought about it this way? And I, I'm sure I had, but I hadn't put two and two together that other people might think about talking about it or that even, you know, a serious conversation about a relationship could be straddled by or in- influenced by. <laughs> sorry, my by. wording is bad. <laughs> yes,
3: it influenced is. Influenced
0: by our Your relationship board games. Your wording is excellent. I th- Siri is talking to me for no reason whatsoever. I didn't mention her name at all. She just said hello, Woody, out of nowhere. Anyway, moving on. Um, so when I got when I when I talked to her about this, originally I had the idea that maybe she would come on the podcast, but I, I think that that was a little uncomfortable for her. But she's she's going to try to uh, do kind of an interview with me off offline, and we'll eventually kind of make that available in some format, whether it's just me talking about it or we'll put it into a blog post or something. But the whole idea that we could look at the way we react in games as a tool to talk about our relationship just made me giddy, because I know it happens. I mean, I, I've played board games with my wife pretty much ever since she's been my wife, even before we became even before. even before we became really like serious gaming hobby hobbyers. You know, when we just thought you know games are random things that we come across and we buy as soon as we see them. <laughs> um, we were playing games, and uh, some of those games were intimate games, and some of those games were like really good games, like Settlers of Catan. I'm not saying intimate games. Are I was going to really say
3: that. Are you saying that? I catch not my good? language
0: some, once in a while. There, there's a subconscious that's going on underneath that drives everything here. Just be aware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, so uh, we've played you know, both intimate games and non intimate games. And um, I, I can say that, at least in the first part of our relationship, I felt like it was a growing part of our relationship. It made a big difference. Um, so I guess to start with, just kind of identify games that for you guys that have increased your relationship with someone or, or have, uh, have made a connection between you and someone else in kind of an intimate or loving relationship. Anybody can jump in.
2: Huh. That's an interesting question. Um, a lot of the time, especially with the two of us, we try to find different two-player games, whether it be games that are specifically designed to be two-player. Ow. Whether it be specifically designed to be two-player or a game that plays really well at two-player. And in fact, we do a lot of research to try to find games that play really well at two-player, but can also handle other other player levels. Like um, some of the Ticket to Ride maps, like um, India and Switzerland, are designed yeah. to be played by more than two players but they're really they really shine well at two two to three players. Um, so that's that's one of the things for us is trying to find is working together to find games that we'll like at two players.
0: Okay. Um I can add to that and say uh Ticket to Ride Nordic also fits in that same sort of cuz that's really a three player but it's better at two. And uh, when Susie and I first got that we had a good time with that.
3: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I remember, um, I don't remember what year it was, but one of the, it might have been 2014 because it might have been the ice storm, um, but we were stuck in the house because it was winter and it was cold and um, and work was closed yeah. for us. And I remember us playing Ginkopolis, which oh, is yeah. not necessarily a two-player game, I mean, it, it. It obviously it works for two, but it, it's it really scaled more for like four, or three or four. But we played it as a two player, and I, I really enjoyed playing that with you, just the two of us. And I think, and it's still it's a memory for me. So it's it's obviously been impactful. Yeah. I don't know. That whole day was really nice because it was just the two of us hanging out, and we were kind of forced into, into an you know, intimacy in terms of. There was nothing to do. You couldn't leave the house because it was too snowed in. So yeah, our
0: normal routine was was not going to happen. At totally that time.
3: gone. So so we were so we had a day of all we can do is enjoy each other's company and there's no distraction, which was really nice. So that game was a part of that remembrance of of that really lovely day.
0: Yeah, nice. I had I had not thought about that in a while, but I did enjoy that day quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ginger was just talking to me about. Um...
2: And I'll let her cover this one, but just, rem- just a rem- reminder, because we did talk about this, um, how much we like playing online games, but how they kind of la- are lackluster in a way. How so?
1: Um, when you're playing games online, um, you're just taking your turns. It's not inner reactions. You're still enjoying the, the game itself, but it's like you could be playing the game with somebody across across the world and having the same experience but when you actually pull out a board game even though you have to pull pull the board game out pull the pieces out put them away blah 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 but it's still it's a more of a in, intimate relationship like when you know when we play patchwork i really like that i really enjoy it it's a two-player game and it's it's one-on-one in you can basically see the reactions in their faces and when you when you do something to um not so beneficial to them but more beneficial (laughs) to you (laughs) yeah that little smile yeah um but i i enjoy the um the actual board game sometimes now sometimes i do you know when you're being lazy you're exhausted from work and you just want to play online that that's wonderful but there's times that that a board game is is a lot better for emotional reasons
4: and you mean specific, you mean specifically like uh, the board game ver, a board game but the online version right so you're fine right. too yeah yeah because
3: yeah, yeah. there are places like Yukata, Yukata, uh, and all of that, where you can play board games online with other people, and yeah. Board Game
1: Arena, yeah, mm-hmm. and then their exact same thing that we have on the shelf, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I wanted to make the distinction between like an, an online version of a board game versus maybe just other types of online games, where, right, like oh, there yes. are there are actions that you can take, like so. So it's funny because uh, I think we've talked in the past uh, on the show, especially about how games bring us together and how they build relationships. You're right, Woody. We've never really talked about how uh, it, it works in a romantic relationship, right? Or a sexual relationship. And I think that there are things that you can find attractive. For example, uh, in an online game, maybe you're talking to someone and you're getting to know them, and then the other person does something that's so badass <laughs> they are like, oh, man, like, you know, like, man, I really like that because yeah. they... It may be admiration of their skill, or it may be admiration of their strategy, or it may just be that you know you were taken down and this person came and saved you. Like those are moments that can that can be meaningful, and they add to the fact that you're knowing someone or or talking to someone, especially if you know them in in real life. It's like a moment that you can that you can share.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I don't know. My, my mind is going like in twenty different directions uh, in this <laughs> conversation because there's well, so many wait. things. Yeah.
3: I mean intimacy is is different depending on how you look at it. It's not just about, you know, um love sexual love or eros. It can also be intimacy in between friends and that kind of thing. So it, there's a whole there's so many different ways to come to to approach this.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but what what are we talking about exactly right now at this very moment? Focus me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> So, I I guess maybe describing it, when I was thinking about it in terms of this episode, I was thinking about it more as relation to um, how it enhances a couple's or group's relationship. Um, You know, and when we start talking about creating more relationship, a lot of times we're talking about more games that, like, maybe head us towards a sexual arena. But it doesn't have to be that. It can be games that just serve. So, there's two kind of levels here. One is games that serve to increase our connection with one another. And a lot of cooperative games do that, I think, and a lot of games where you work together, and maybe even to some extent games that are competitive games can do that as well, you know, in the, in the sense of maybe creating a top-bottom kind of situation. But <laughs> um, the, the other side of it is, so, so that's kind of like how do we use games to build our relationships as a couple or as a group and we kind of talked some of that last time in terms of talking about how games bring us together in social situations. So this was kind of a, an expansion of that or a, an evolution of that discussion to move into talking about, well, okay, games bring us together socially. Now let's talk about how games bring us together in love, in relationship, in that, in that kind of like totally intimate relationship sense of knowing one another to the teeth. And so then when you get to that point, inevitably we get to games that that talk about increasing sexuality or games that play a role as foreplay or as an adjunct to a sexual situation of some sort. But it's kind of the two-pronged approach to look at it from the point of view, A, there's games that do this thing. They, They build couples' relationships. Like this genesis of my idea came from the idea that we can use a board game to talk about our relationship. And I, 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 I had a million sort of flashes of light when she talked about that because I had this image of them having this discussion and talking about very specific dynamics that go on between them in a game and what that's like. And I also had the realization that really those kind of conversations, unless you're really, really close with someone, you can't have that close of, you know, you can have a debriefing conversation after a game, but you can't necessarily get together and talk really deeply about your personalities unless you've got someone that you just deadly trust. So some of this is about games that build trust between each other, and some of these are about games that build sexual relationships with one another. So I'll tell you what. focus Uh, you? uh, Yes,
4: yes. Uh, So so (laughs) I'll tell you about, uh, I think The Joking Hazard has become my favorite game because I think I can really look into your soul based on how you play that game and what you choose damn right. i think i've played that game with so many people and i feel like i you know there are moments where it's like you get it right it's like we understand each other there are moments where i'm like you are twisted or like no like like wow you're really naive like you don't understand this part of the world like i'm i'm Unconsciously, I'm 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 realizing it more and more as we're as I was preparing for this conversation, uh, <laughs> that I am like making so many judgments, <laughs> so many and so many evaluations <laughs> while I'm playing that game. That it's it's more than a game for me, right? It's like it's a, it's like a test, <laughs> and and so uh, I think that uh, for me, that is definitely one of those games where at the end of it and 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 during. I feel like I'm getting to know people better, and I'm making mm. these connections. That after a game of Joking Hazard, it's like I might feel more comfortable. It's like I like, I just met Ginger, right? But after a game of Joking Hazard, I might feel really comfortable coming up to Ginger afterwards and be like, "Oh, like that was really funny. Like I think I know you a little better. And that may not be true, but that's the way that the, this game makes me feel.
2: Yeah, there there's a nice cross-section of those kind of games on different levels. We're, they're they're yeah. what I like to call Know Your Audience. Um, there's that one, there's Just One, there's Apples to Apples, um, any of those games where you're trying to get someone to choose your card or your situation over everyone else's, and you're going to do a much better job of that if you know exactly the kind of person you're playing to.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it takes me a few turns to start thinking, okay, well, I'm going to play to like this person, I think like I'm I'm starting to think that I know how this other person thinks, right? So you're 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 empathizing in many ways. You're you're putting yourself in their shoes and trying to see the world that you, the way you think they see the world and making choices based on that. So all of those things like that's that's very intimate, you know, in the in the sense of knowing someone or or or,
2: or understanding someone. Yeah. Yeah, we were playing a game of Just One the other day, and um, there were a whole host of clues that were put out. And Just One is is a game where the person who's actually it for that round puts a card facing away from them. I think we may have talked about it last episode, but we just did, in case. A, we couple did a couple episodes ago. A couple episodes ago. Yeah, but um, I was it, so I said, you know, three and put the card facing away from me. Everyone put out a clue, and they were all kind of iffy. And then I saw one person's clue, one of my good friends... And it was just so simp- simpatico with the way I thought that there was only one answer I could think of. The entire table looked at his card and said, really? I have no <laughs> idea what you're trying to get at. And I immediately looked at looked at his card and said, oh, the answer is this. And they're all, how did you get that from his card? It's it's a geek thing. He understood my, my geek level, my geek leanings, and played toward that. He said, I yeah. knew if anyone at this table would get it, it would be him. And that's one of those things where you have to know your
0: audience a little bit. You know, that made me think about Dixit. And uh, I I think that between Susie and I, that playing Dixit, we would know each other's clues very well because of our relationship, because we know each other so well. You know, We, we, we can pretty much figure out what the other person is talking about while everybody else around us can't. And that really plays to your strengths in Dixit because you're trying your best not not to get everybody to know something, but to get a few people to know something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the way the rules work. But I I, I don't remember because it's been a little while since we played Dixit Susie. But I think that uh, typically you and I do well on a team together in, in that or you know working as a team together in that game.
3: Well, we destroyed everybody the last time we played it because we played it with your family.
0: Oh, and- okay.
3: We played it with um your sister and our niece and everything and yeah yeah we sort of just, <laughs> we ran away with the game but that's yeah you're right it's because we understand how each other thinks so it's it's easy to just sort of give something and know exactly how you're going to to what what answer you're going to give whereas it's hard, much harder with like the rest of the family and that sort of thing so
0: yeah, that knowing each other piece is, you know, that's really a part of intimacy is knowing each other really well. And and I think that's kind of, that's that side of things where we're talking about games really connect us in that way. This is more of a mirror of how close Susie and I are and, and, and gives us a picture of, you know, if we know each other really well, we can play this game really well. And Josue was talking about uh, joking hazard as a way of knowing people. Which I think is really scary now, and I don't know if I want to play a game. Of no, I love as that as well. idea. Now I
3: want to play with Oswey. Well, yeah, I, I actually do too. Because I want to know. I, I want to. I want to debrief afterward and find out what what you're. <laughs>
1: What your thoughts are, way. <laughs> yeah,
4: my, my favorite way to play the game is to issue a report to all the other people I played with
1: afterwards. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Is there a level of how weird you are on playing this game afterwards? Exactly. Oswey's just gonna have a have a file, Cause, you know, because you are you're a licensed therapist, so I expect
3: it a, a file and stuff. Yeah.
0: Let's see here, Woody, Woody, Woody. Well, here is Woody. Oh, I can't talk about this. <laughs>
3: How yeah, with that game, yes.
0: I, I'm curious, Josue, have you walked away from a game thinking, man, I can't talk to this person anymore? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Multiple times.
2: Most of the time. Okay. Probably most people I play with.
0: It's probably not a good idea for us to play.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. definitely not a good idea for you to play the game with me.
1: <laughs> so it's like me when I play seasons, a two player season, oh, yeah, no. whether somebody's going to talk to me afterwards. Yes.
2: <laughs> that's, yeah. 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 It is true. Playing seasons with Ginger is not oh. a great relationship builder. Got
1: it. Relationship destroyer.
2: <laughs> In fact, I think that may be why she's biased against playing online because that's the only way I can beat her.
0: <laughs> oh, so there's really a body language sort of thing going on there or a face to face thing going on there where she has more control over the situation by knowing the person across from her
1: no it's he's an english major and my joke is he has to take his shoes off to count to ten
0: yeah
2: (laughs) the computer does all the counting for me so i'm golden there
1: oh so it's really ginger's
3: better at keeping track of everything during uh, the game and the computer
2: keeps the i see okay all right another great game for that is um it's one of the few party games i like it's called eye to eye uh-huh. And your goal, you have to write down five things based on the clue that's given. And then you go around the table, your option, your, your option, your um, goal is to get as few points as possible. The way you get points is if you go around the table and name the things that you have, if the fewer things you match with other people, if you match nothing with other people, you're getting a point. And Ginger and I play that game, and we can usually match up most of the things that we're doing. We, I don't think Ginger or I, either one, has ever have ever lost that game.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Because we usually play in the game with a bunch of other people, and they have no hope against us.
1: <laughs> well, that's, a, that's in a lot of games, but sure.
2: <laughs> no, in most games, it's, no one has any hope against Ginger. Ginger. That's oh, true. There is no,
1: <laughs> uh, Susie is a very no. good opponent. <laughs>
2: Well, she knows how to get the two of us sniping at each other.
1: That is so true because if they get them sniping at it, if we get sniping at each other, everybody else is just will just leave us alone and just do their own thing.
0: <laughs> In fact, that's... does the sniping bring us together?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. People I think so. like I've said before on the show, if people don't see me and Ginger sniping at each other and saying snarky remarks to each other, they know there's something
0: actually wrong between us. Yeah, so the more boisterous it is, I guess the more we know they're really close to one another. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) That would make today a true show of love. (laughs) (laughs) We
2: walked in the door of their house sniping at each other.
3: Yep. (laughs) Open door. Will you move? Get out of my way!
2: (laughs) That was, yeah. I was carrying my backpack with my laptop, my microphone, and the bag full of games, and she would take a two foot step and then stop again. I'm like, you, you get out of my way, the stuff's heavy.
1: Wait, I gotta defend myself. I asked him beforehand, do you want me to carry anything? He said no.
2: No, I just wanted you to keep moving out of my way. You had one you had one job. Get out of my way.
0: You know, so I know that games can bring out this kind of dark side of us
2: witty way
3: to wrangle the conversation man <laughs> <laughs> well
0: it, it does kind of connect all together and that you know i there so our intimate relationships are the place that we are most likely to argue with one another they're the place that we're most likely to put up a fight because we've developed such a trusting relationship that we know we can have that fight without actually being upset with one another <laughs> there's different kinds of fights i guess but I, I can say that, okay, so a little autobiographical for both Susie and I, and, and Susie may kick my ass for this, but so there have been times when in playing a game, the competitiveness going on between Susie and I is such that, um, I don't know that I've done anything like this, but I, I can remember things, uh, but I got hit. Mhm. Um, Physically hit. And so number one, Susie would never do that to someone that she didn't know. Like if she just sat down to a table with some people at a game convention, she would not hit somebody that she didn't know or just got to meet.
3: Or probably even
0: an extended member of our friend family.
3: I don't think I'd even hit Ginger. It's just you, Woody.
0: So somehow I hold some kind of special place in Susie's life (laughs) that I am the one who gets to be hit. Oh, no, I guarantee she would hit me.
3: Oh, no, I would hit Brian. That's true.
0: Yeah, so apparently something about us... (laughs) Makes Susie want to hit us, but it makes me want to hit you that too. Works. Both of you.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Josue.
2: <laughs> to be fair, I can understand why people would want to hit me, so it's okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I'm a nonviolent person, so the fact that it comes out like that is, uh, I don't like it. That the fact that it comes out in me either. So, <laughs> I'm just a naturally competitive person, so it's it's hard to to restrain all of that competitiveness sometimes
4: also but like punching someone in the shoulder when they did something is different than like bashing their head into the table oh yeah yeah you know,
3: no so. and it's always just punching him in yeah. the shoulder that's
2: yeah. all I do if Susie punches me during a game I have a sense of accomplishment <laughs> yeah I yeah, normally yeah. would but I think I bruised um <laughs> we cannot she cannot help it that you're a wuss oh
0: oh oh Them's fighting words buddy um <laughs> So just uh, Brandon just came in the room, and and Brandon's not really part of this podcast, but he wanted to remind me that he also hits me. (laughs) You just bring that out of people, yeah. yeah. I I, I guess so, yeah. You know, so I'm going to pull an FFT trick here, which is, you know, that person must be really important for you to take that chance with that person.
3: That is true. I mean, I literally would not do that with anybody else. I mean,
0: abusive but. relationships really just happen between couples <laughs> for up. the most part.
3: Abusive <laughs> relationships.
0: <really>. No, no, it, this this sounds crazy. It's it's counterintuitive. Abuse is an intimacy that doesn't happen between strangers usually.
3: Okay, I, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah.
0: So, if I was going to be go in and do uh. FFT therapy which is functional family therapy I would have to try to do that Turn in the conversation to say hey um, th- They must Be really important to you because you wouldn't take that chance With anybody else So it, it can be flipped on its, its head and that's Kind of where I was going is that okay yeah These 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 moments where we get Into really competitive streaks or we push Each other's buttons to the point that It's a safe pushing of buttons hopefully For the most part Yeah, I mean I know I did Have a conversation with you Susie mm-hmm. uh, Later on I said let's not do the hitting thing (laughs) yes fine i'm a wuss thank you brian (laughs) like nothing below the
2: belt nothing (laughs) no bruising that kind of conversation oh no nothing below the belt that's not wussiness that's just that's just common courtesy
0: (laughs) depends on whether or not we're talking about aggression or (laughs) non-aggression well yeah we are talking about games that create intimacy here um So I wanted to bring up, uh, and this will kind of take us in another direction. I wanted to bring up a game that I discovered in the process of this. Now, going to Board Game Geek and looking for adult games is really number one. (laughs) It's a crazy idea. Uh, Number two, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack because most games, for the most part, if they are games that are supposed to promote sexuality, they do one of two things. They do a roll and move where the very fact that you move puts you on a space that forces you to do something or asks you to do something that I guess you probably wouldn't otherwise do. Maybe it's a way of of sort of like wading into a sexual situation. Or they do something where it's like um, roll dice and choose something randomly, oh, kiss ear or something like that, you know, and and, and it gets more explicit after that. Um, But there are games that do a better job of creating an intimacy between people that are not really bad, like roll and move. Um, the the one game I came across, and I'm really sad I haven't played it, and I want to get the print and play now because I know it doesn't exist anymore, but it, it's it's called Consenticals. Oh, I've seen this game.
3: <laughs> <sorry>.
0: So Consenticles <laughs> is a game in which a human and an alien try to get it on together.
3: I knew it was something with tentacles.
0: Yes, but with consent, with consent, consenticles. (laughs) That's horrible. I thought it was Um, consent and testicles. I don't think (laughs) tentacles. Oh, no, I I automatically went the hentai route too, so. Yeah. Either way, um, you can't talk to each other in the game. You can only use body language because you don't understand alien language. And so the cards that come up for you tell you you've got to communicate X idea to the the, the alien, or the alien has to communicate X idea to you, and um, uh, these ideas are all about how we're going to get it on. But we're a human and an alien, we don't really understand each other, so it it forces a non-verbal conversation uh, uh, about sex with a tentacled alien. (laughs) Oh boy. No other game does this. It's not a you genre? will go to a sex shop and find it's this one.
1: It's not a genre. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so I, I thought maybe we could talk about what about those games that do increase sexual intimacy? And what about, what do you guys think about those? And have you played any that were successful? Et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some of the games that you described,
4: I mean, they're games in the sense that they're playful. Right? They they add a a gamey element, right, to yeah. to sexual intimacy. But other than like you didn't really describe any that sounds like a like a game game, right? Consenticals actually sounds like it there's a there's a game in there. There's a game um, in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't yeah, I don't know of any that even like I would I would consider anything that simply had uh an adult scenario, right? But I can't think of any.
3: I think the only one I really, truly think was a fun thing to do, a fun game to do, as well as encouraged us to to you know to sex was was truth or dare Jenga, and that's because you still have Jenga involved in this. I mean, you're still building the tower and having to do that whole piece of it, but you also have to do whatever the is on the the Jenga piece that you pull. So. It was fun. It, it was kind of, but the only thing I will say is if you're a serious gamer, it's hard to like, it's like you have two different focuses because you're trying to make sure that your Jenga pieces are fitting and you're not <laughs> knocking the tower over. But at the same time, you're trying to be sexy. You're having sex times. And it's just like, I, I don't know that I want my my <laughs> focus changed like that every time. <laughs>
1: Competitiveness, competitiveness yes. versus yes, sexy time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sexy time out of my Jenga. <laughs> so it was. Wait, so so is a I, game about placing wood?
3: Oh, I, with Woody. Oh, <laughs> ouch! ouch. Man. Ay, ay, ay. So, so it was fun, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah.
4: <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious what you, you all think of this game, which I think may, uh fall into this category, uh, but it depends how old you are when you play it.
0: Oh, okay. Just is Twister. I know what's coming. Yeah, I knew oh, was coming. Oh, Twister. Twister.
2: Yeah. yeah, you know what's coming. Okay, that's, that's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, knew. we had to
2: make the joke at least once in this episode. It's true, it's true, it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like, when you're a
4: kid, you're playing Twister, you're like, oh, it's so cool, like you're all mixed up. And then by the time you're a teenager, you're like, oh, we're all it's mixed so up. It's so cool, we're all yeah, mixed up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah and now that we're in our 40s Yeah we can't that, and stuff. Yeah. It's oh, like my oh niece. god no it's oh my up. back. Oh yep. this hurts. No <laughs> it's no.
0: It's not cool anymore. There, Get me a chiropractor. There are no, there are
3: no sexy times after Twister. There's I'm a, telling you now.
2: There's a short um it's called a, what it's called a one-line song by Paul and Storm um that goes um right hand red, left hand blue, I love to play this game with you. I just hope you can't feel my boner Twister. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> Yep. So so that is a sexy times game for about in your teens and your 20s. Exactly. I think once you hit your 30s, it's like, okay, this is no longer leading to what I want it to lead to. It's just leading to the chiropractor. It's the
0: pain, <laughs>
3: <laughs> the yeah. suffering.
0: So the the thing I'll say about uh, the Jenga game and any other game we've used, um, and I can name a few that we've used sort of as adjuncts to uh, a more sexual encounter is a lot of times it's about allowing something to... it's like I'm giving permission to the game to set limits on our boundaries with one another and I'm gonna trust the game enough to say okay I'll do what the game says Hmm. and as, as a result I think I take a little bit of the ownership and a little bit of the initiative or sense of agency away from myself and my partner or my partners and Ultimately, put it in the hands of the game. And yeah. so, you mentioned Josue, that, that you know a lot of these don't sound like games. Well, they're not per se. They're almost like backdrops. You know, kind of the last time we talked about background and foreground games, these are a background game that is meant to um, express us into uh, another something happening. You know, they're they used as foreplay or they're used as initiation sequences.
4: And they make the experience more playful, right? They, it, it it can mix things up.
5: Mm.
0: Yeah, and that's the other side. It doesn't have to be such... I mean, I I took a critical look at it there, but it doesn't have to be such a critical thing. You know, you you can think about people getting to know each other, and maybe you need that kind of boundary-setting device to say, okay, we're going to kiss here, and we're going to do this here, and we're going to do that there. Um, But, you know, the, the idea of a gamer game that is a sexual game, I'm not sure storing resources... <laughs> and moving towards sexuality, resource
3: management, and um,
0: area control, and orgasm. <laughs> yeah, if I can just get enough red cubes over here, and then I can put them over here, then I can kiss you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's a game that does kind of touch on that that I really enjoy, and that's Fog of Love. Oh yeah.
0: Yes, I'm um, so glad you brought that up. Now,
2: I will say that I have to preface this by saying you are playing a character; you are not playing yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're play if you're playing this game, choosing the things that you personally would choose, you're going to lose the game. Um, you're basically choosing two characters, yours and your partner's character, and you have certain attributes, and you're trying to kind of match those attributes up while you're starting off dating and going through a relationship, and the most interesting part of the game to me is how when we play it, we'll say, my character is going to choose this. But keep in mind, I would choose that. But my character is going to choose this because you want to make sure that you understand this jerk thing that I'm going to do. Me. <laughs> this ain't me. This is my character talking. And you can actually learn a lot about people that way.
3: Well, and the, one of the pieces I appreciated, I liked it at the game, was that it reminded me of situations that Woody and I have been in because we played this together and it reminded me of times that we've had in the past and so we kind of brought up those stories told those stories and it was it was a fun way of of reminding us of our dating life together cuz it's going to be 20 years this year that we've been married so it's like <laughs> we Holy got a whole crap. bunch of history to choose from and it's <laughs> it's just a it was just fun to to go down that little memory lane with this game cuz it just brought up all these things so that was fun
0: and that is one that is, um, it is a gamer game. It's a cooperative game, mm-hmm. but it's a gamer game in the it sense really that, is. and so that I think you can build intimacy with a gamer game. I don't know if you can necessarily build sexual intimacy with a gamer game.
3: Yeah, I don't think that this would lead me to like. Sex is not a part of, of playing this game for me. Like, it doesn't lead to sex It's not a foreplay
0: game necessarily. Right.
3: This is just a... But it is a, a fun game to play with your husband or your wife or whatever to, you know,
0: to kind of... Significant other.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And role play kind of other ways of dating and, and what if we had done this instead of this kind of thing. So
1: I think it makes a great, um, like, first few dates mm. to figure out the what would your personality be what what you what you think this person is and what this person would do and kind of it's more of a get to know in in what do you think on this level
0: yeah so you played it ginger
1: um me and um, jessica played it um when brian was trying to learn it Uh uh-huh and um, we had a good time. It was hilarious. Um, some of the things that um, she come up with and some of the things I came up with. The, to um, It's a push and pull game. Um, but you want to try to both have the same level. I'm trying to remember what the, the end goal is. But um, it, was, it was pretty funny. We, we had a good time.
2: Yeah, I was pretty much just game mastering the game. I was teaching the game and going over the rules. And while they were playing, I was looking over rules to find things because it's a two-player game. But I enjoyed the experience of sitting watching the hilarity of this relationship build and then implode on itself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And remember, this game is made by someone who was trying to make a game that would be a couple's game for him and his wife. Well, he, was for <laughs> yeah, he was making it for her. Yeah, he was making it for her. Unfortunately, she has more fun playing it with other people because she got so tired of it with him. Um, and I think I, probably actually she's over it at this point. I don't know. And I don't want to speak for people that I don't know really well. But I just remember interviewing the guy at uh, at PAX Unplugged. And he was saying, you know, unfortunately... This didn't quite do what i needed it to do because by the time we got to that point i had play tested the heck out of this thing
3: she was so sick of it
0: and she was over it you know yeah. but still it, it it's a fantastic game and I, I think for people who play it in a in a minimal sort of way like you know play it once every two months or play it once a month or something like that it can probably have a really good impact on your relationship
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh relationship type games fall into the the party game category, where you, um, especially early relationship games, like would you rather things like that, where you're, Mm -hmm. you're playing a, a game where you ask people things and they respond and they try to tack on a roll and move game around it. But really it devolves into, you just draw a card and ask them a question just for fun and it turns into an activity more than a game. There's no real game to it, but they're fun. I've, I've played those before with, with people and it's fun to learn new things about them in that way. But not what I'd call a really engaging game. there's no beginning, middle, and end to it,
0: right. I mean, some of those games, like if you walk into like a a sex shop, uh, you'll find games that are couples, games that are really just they're a lot of roll and move. They do have those questions in them. There's usually a goal at the end, and the goal is pretty obvious what the goal is at the end. <laughs> what is um, the what is the goal
3: <laughs> Yes, Woody, please expand on that. <laughs>
0: You guys are a pain in the ass. You know that?
3: <laughs> yes. what, oh, what was the? what is it? The umbrella? It's elaborate. Yeah, elaborate yeah, yeah.
1: Them. Hazel. Elaborate. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, no. Yeah, and what is the reason for the dice? <laughs> Roll the dice and do what it says.
0: Just, just to create some sense of randomness, I guess. I guess. Susie and I played a game for a while there. I mean, we probably played it four or five times. It was a game we did pick up in one of those shops, and it's called Foreplay. Oh, and yes. even though it's a role play, a role and move game kind of thing, um, it did sort of have this, like, each of us put a secret goal at the end, and whoever got to the end first got to got to use their goal, basically. So whatever their goal was, and typically it was some kind of sexual escapade. Um, but it, it was a neat game in the sense that it had questions that were meant to sort of offer up those intimate answers that you wouldn't get in like a normal conversation and some of these are just conversation starters like there's table talk for couples which is just a pack of cards that are it has someone has tailor made a bunch of intimate questions and there's something about holding a card in your hand and asking somebody a question that gives somebody else more permission to answer that question and I I can say this by pointing out a game that some of my listeners hate to hear me talk about and some of my people that I've had on here. Is it Monopoly? No, no, <laughs> drink. Um, no, it's, uh, it's Ungame. Nothing from you, hosway, nothing. Um, so uh, the Ungame allows you to make your own question at some point, and so I know therapists who have written questions on those cards to purposely engage the other person and match with what what they're saying. But for some reason, the backdrop of the game and the fact that it came up on a card gives them more permission or more safety in answering that question than it would if I just came to you eye to eye and asked you the question straight out. Hmm. So my point being that games that are based on these questions, like Brian was talking about, can be... A way to initiate conversation that might not otherwise happen because here we've got this thing in the middle of us that's going to to direct our our discussion basically foreplay did that and added the uh, the cherry on the top at the end there
3: yeah that was a good that was a good piece for that game whoever came up with that idea
0: it was before we discovered really good games
3: yes
2: that's true <laughs> Like I said, those games do have their place. I mean, it allows you to ask questions within the framework of a game that you wouldn't ordinarily want to come up with on your own. And, you know, because if you ask it on your own, it's like, that's good and kind of personal. But if it's on a card, it's kind of like um, a, a ventriloquist comedian. Their dummy can ask questions that they can't. They can say things that they can't because somehow it's not coming from them anymore. It's the same kind of thing with this, where the question is not really coming from you anymore. You're being forced to ask it by a by a game.
0: So it makes it safer. I think Josue and I talked about this last time we talked, which is more about this idea that games can give permission to interact in a certain way that maybe is not present in a face-to-face relationship. That I mean, it, it's almost like if we were able to put all our cards on the table, there's a really bad metaphor. If we were able to put all our cards on the table... In a given moment with someone that we just met and trust them totally, we would be able to just launch into any area of our lives and have discussion about it. But in the sense that we're all separated by these skin bags and we don't really understand each other really well, uh, we can basically use a game as a channel towards knowing somebody in a certain way. And me playing, you know, um, uh, Castles of Burgundy with someone versus playing a game like Consenticals with someone i can get to know them in different ways through those two different mediums
4: yeah we talked about it in the context of of different like familial relationships right like family members things like that that maybe you wouldn't have a like maybe maybe that's the the relationship right it's built around the game and those experiences that you have and that's how you know each other because maybe you don't talk right maybe maybe it is harder I think for a lot of people, it is, just, just like you just said.
0: It must be, because there's a whole host of games that are, are created on the very basis that um, we need questions, like, like table talk. We need questions to ask one another instead of just coming up with those questions ourselves. Yeah. Either yeah. we don't know how to ask those questions, or the very fact that another, that something's between us makes it a softer question
4: so i think those games some of them are very in intentional right it's in the the goal is to learn more about the other person mm-hmm. and but last week we talked about games that that's it's not the intention they just ended up being that way like again i'm using joking hazard to <laughs> to, to read people right and yeah. that's not what the game is designed for necessarily and i don't know so how do you all think about games like i don't know i think that any game can increase intimacy i think any game can bring people together i think any game can you know end up with two people sleeping together you know in the right context i think any game makes that possible and and there are different aspects to that For, for example like earlier um when brian and ginger were talking about how ginger is so good at games like, Brian, do you, like, is that attractive to you? And, and like, Ginger, is it unattractive that Brian is so bad at games? Like, is that something, <laughs> like, is it, does that affect your relationship at all? Because I, I think it, it, it does affect people in that way too. Maybe not every game, but some games do.
1: Um, I have to correct you. Brian is really good at games on that one because of, um, if we play online he can beat me almost, almost at every game, with the exception of maybe a couple. And and same with with um, with me as in as in when we bring games to the table, I know almost equivocally the whether I'm going to win or uh, not on a certain game because of um, like Japoor. I don't think I've ever won japore
2: with him. You've won it twice.
1: <laughs> He's so
3: sad. Oh,
2: He's no, so wow. resigned no, 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 about no. That. Here's the thing. We've looked <laughs> online at her at her stats. I think you said you, you've won it three times? Once. I won it once. Against me. I,
1: yeah, and and I've only played against you online and I think it's it showed I played sixty times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are a glutton for punishment.
1: Yeah, you are. No, it's called taking one for the team. There's games that I do not like, and I will play because he likes them. And there's games that um, I I really like, and and he will he will play with me because it's not his favorite. But it's it's basically it's what you do in a relationship. You give and take.
2: <coughs> in gardens. Hanging <coughs> gardens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah no, he can't beat that one. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody can beat you with that one, but um it but it 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 creates um an intimacy that I know that he will do this for me because I really like it, and same way with him and and I just know that that it's going to be a, a good time, no matter what. Good answer. But do you?
3: But but, does the fact that Brian is good at games does that is that an attractor
1: for you? Does that turn you on? I like it because of it. It's it's a hobby that we both have. It's a relationship that me and him can nourish, and. Um, get us out of the house it's not just sitting in front of a a a television and just watching tv it's yes it is very attractive to me
2: and one of the things she said whenever we first got together whenever we first started gaming i've been playing games board games role-playing games video games since i was very young and i either always had someone to play games with or i had games i could play by myself um In fact, role-playing games, I almost always, from the time I got started, had someone to play games with. Um, And whenever we first got together, I said, hey, you want to play a game? She's like, I always loved playing games. I just never had anyone to play games with. And here I show up, not just playing games she'd heard of whenever she was a kid. I opened this door to like hundreds of thousands of games. And she's, she's like a kid in a candy store sometimes, especially at game conventions. So the fact that she's better than me at them makes me feel so much better i love the fact that she's better than me at most games because if i can't be any good at them which i'm not at least i can say i married someone who is <laughs> You married. so him. it
3: reflects positively on you that you married her. you made
2: a good choice yeah if i can't reflect well on myself i can at least ref- have her reflect well on me
0: i mean i like a girl that can place a good worker <laughs>
2: in in that sense i guess you could say she's my she's my um not my trophy wife but my meeple wife there we go
1: there, there you go. Go. I love it yeah. i love it I am going to detour just a little bit. Um, my self-confidence was very, very low when I first started playing board games because mm-hmm. it's mechanics. You have to learn the mechanics and you can't just all of a sudden go into playing board games and think think that you could do this because sometimes it takes you twice to, to learn a game to figure out what's going on the mechanics and stuff. And my confidence was very, very low before I started doing board games. And doing... Uh, with us doing board games for several years now, I can't remember how many years it's been, but Brian can say, Um, but it has helped my self-esteem majorly. And also makes the difference of whether I will come up to a group that I don't know and say, Hey, would you like to play a game versus before I would never, ever, ever do that.
0: That's awesome. I
2: know I registered for board game geek in 2009. So it had to have been 2005
0: Two
2: thousand five. Whenever I first really, when did when did we start dating? Two thousand and four. Two thousand four. Yeah, so it was probably about two thousand five. Whenever we really started playing, I think the first thing we did was I introduced her to um, Dungeons and Dragons, and uh-huh. then I introduced her to um, City of Heroes, the video game, the the MMO. And she became obsessed just like I was with with, uh, City of Heroes. And then we became obsessed with World of Warcraft. And then in between City of Heroes and World of Warcraft was whenever I introduced her to board
0: games. So yeah, probably about 2005. Hmm. Okay. So Jose, I'm wondering, are there video games that do some of this? I know we, we talked about kind of group games that you might play that are like loot and shoot kind of things or hack and slash kind of things. But can can you identify any video games that that do this uh, in one way or another? That's like maybe specifically are meant to do this.
4: Uh,
5: Does that
0: exist? Uh, okay. So,
4: <laughs> okay. So there are mainstream games, right? Right. And then there are other games. (laughs) Because there are games that are literally like just sex simulations. There are games Mm. where you are trying to arouse a character by touching them in specific places and things like that. So, I mean, you could argue that like playing that with someone else, right? I mean, it could... Uh, you know help um i can't think of a game that is designed not in a video game that's like too different from what we've already talked about like okay. literally when you're talking about video games and and even going um like at a distance like there are sex toys that are online that can be controlled by another person like there's there's a lot out there nothing that I can think of in terms of mainstream. I mean, well, actually, there are games by the company that I mentioned earlier, Bioware, who, who does Anthem. In yeah. their Mass Effect games, you have, these are single-player experiences, but you can romance different characters. And that is, actually, that's a whole genre in and of itself, right? These are There are these, like, romance games where you're trying to romance mm-hmm. these other characters. So yep. I guess that falls there, but I can't think of anything that's, like, two player where you're trying to you know get two people together in a particular way and like i said earlier i mean i think any game can can help if you're both if you're both into the game and you both there's a mutual respect a mutual admiration and you know it can can get you in the mood
2: (laughs) yeah i I gotta say one of my favorite games where you end up romancing another character is dragon age because there's so many options for that in there also a Bioware game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh, okay.
3: So my hit, that's a focus of Bioware apparently.
2: Yeah, uh, that's what they're
4: over the, <laughs> the past decade. They've been known for pushing the envelope in that area, like mm. t- like having realistic relationships and the possibility of multiple relationships with alien species and different um, like fantasy races and things
0: like that.
2: Mass mm, yeah. Effect. Interesting. Yep.
0: Yep. Bioware brings the a Wow Wow.
4: It does. It does. (laughs) Except an anthem, and everybody's very disappointed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there's an article I haven't talked about yet, and I I just want to quickly talk about it. And just because it it kind of like, it suddenly went through, you know, in the sense that we all have sort of a social realm that we pay attention to, it went through the social realm uh, suddenly. And uh, it's this... uh, Couples who play board games together release love hormones, quote-unquote. And so just to talk a little bit about it, we'll take a little trip away from this for a moment and then back to it. So when I started looking this up, I was trying to find the actual article, and I did not find it. But I took the title of of the article that this was taken from, and I put it into a search engine in Google. And I found that there are a number of outlets that have taken this story and run with it. The actual article talks about doing art together as a couple and playing games together as a couple, but depending on your particular bias, the art outlets would take it and say, art helps couples stay together, and the game outlets would take it and say, games help couples stay together. It was just fascinating, but basically the idea is that while playing board games or while doing art, uh, you release more oxytocin, which is the love hormone, quote unquote, and uh, they were they, it was a, you know it's the first time that I've seen this in sort of a scientific study that's been put out to our, our crowd as a whole to say, hey, there are, there's some science behind the idea that board games bring, bring closeness to one another. And I thought that was fascinating, but I, I thought the fact that so many outlets took it in their own direction was also fascinating. We as the public don't always get a clear picture of what the truth is behind a scientific journal article. It's true. <laughs> So I guess we're we're at a place where we need to kind of wrap up. But I, if we could just kind of go around the table and get people's uh, final thoughts on this. What did you learn? Anything? Are you thinking differently about something right now? What would you like to say here at at the end here? Well, okay. As far as couples games go, there
2: are those that there are very very few that are good at. Um addressing the couple's aspect um most of them like i said are party games and they're fine for early relationship later relationship it can be kind of rote um however if you want to really test your relationship competitive two-player games are a fantastic way to do that um (laughs) ginger and i can destroy each other at a game and there are no hurt feelings Even whenever we say some of the things you guys have heard us say to each other, um, (laughs) in these games, I mean, practically any game can bring you closer together. If you're in the right mind frame, if your relationship's tenuous or one of you is easily hurt, then it's going to be a bad time. Um, uh, cooperative games are really good about that, about bringing people to get about bringing couples together because you're working together at something as long as one of you is not an alpha player and are just you know basically running the game for them if you can learn how to cooperate and work together at things it can really bring you together really you know quite well
0: okay next anyone else
4: (laughs) i know i talked about joking hazard being like my way of reading people but i think and I, I probably really do believe that, you, at least, I don't really know a person until I've played a game with them. You know, I think that there's the the, the experience of playing a game is that uh, meaningful to me, and that I think that, that when you get two people together or, or more who, again, understand the game, um, are really into it, or whatever people do really get to know each other better and, and at different levels and if there's you know and if there's also a physical attraction there like that that gets augmented by by the the experience and and you can add any other aspect of, of relationships to that and and I feel that way because games are that important to me and because when I when I play a game I'm, I'm in it you know I'm not I'm not thinking about something else I'm not on my phone I'm not um, think about the next thing that i'm going to do i'm i'm really invested in the game and i think that when you get a group of people who are all so invested in an experience whether it's a game or not but i'm you know it it can lead to that type of intimacy that we're talking about
2: okay ladies anything
3: I'm just thinking that it would be fun to pull out the Truth or Dare Jenga again.
0: <laughs> I think we're missing a block.
3: I know. I don't know what happened to it, but yeah, I think you're right.
0: You can go to the
2: hospital and have that removed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian. I will say, by the way, the uh, the old standard... Um, Cliche of playing a game together or doing anything together at a table, like eating a meal and getting all hot and bothered and brushing it off the table and just attacking each other on the table, doesn't happen at our house because we love our games enough that we will gently pack them away or just say, Oh, yeah, the, the game stays on the table. Let's adjourn someplace other than where the game is. The, the, the games are precious. <laughs> you take the spontaneity out, huh, Brian. Oh, there's plenty Uh, of spontaneity. It's more like, run
0: to the next room. Let's go. (laughs) There's nothing greater than sex on the table after strolling meeples on the floor and then stepping on a meeple on your way out and hating the whole thing. it's
3: like the Lego thing. I would be so
0: self-conscious that i just
2: put the game on the floor and now the dogs are going to come by and eat one of my meeples that I'd be like, okay, I I know you're naked right now, but I've just got to pick this up. I... (laughs) Seriously, if you've ever watched a dice tower video where he does the component drop at the beginning, I can't watch it. It makes me twinge so bad, and Ginger loves watching me tweak over it because she's evil.
1: I have reversed the the, the video and, and played it again for. Me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> so
0: um you know, I, I was thinking about the fact that so the genesis of this came from talking to a friend um who actually met her husband at,
3: at a board while game while playing convention. board
0: games or at a board game yep. convention. There was there was a connection there. It was in, like this was the, the gen the genetic structure of their relationship in the first place. So it's oh and it's they got clearly, engaged
3: they got engaged at a board game convention. Yes, as they well. did.
0: Yes, they did. And so, when you add all that together, the it, games are really important to this couple, obviously, and they're really important to all of us as well. And and we can see that we know that these things, kind of, build us up for having better relationships just by virtue of putting us in front of each other, and pitting us against each other for something, or putting us in a situation to work together to try to achieve something. And you can say that about just about any activity that a couple does together, or a group does together. That it's going, if it's if it's these things, then it's going to create some kind of relationship between you all. Um, but I guess the thing for me is that um, I want to avoid games that are just. You know, I was thinking about this as I started talking about this, and I started taking it apart and understanding more for myself what this means to say that games create more intimacy intimacy between people and I started thinking about these kind of superficial roll and move um... or roll the dice and and lick a body part kind of games and, and thinking how that's kind of like almost not what I want anymore because it's so surface but it's so important for some people to have that surface availability to be able to have something that mediates their relationship um, but maybe the the sexier thing to me is that if you can come to a, to any situation and just be honest, open, and direct about what you're feeling about each other, and not feel like you have to have the adjunct between you, unless, as Hosway said, unless it's a playful thing, like we're using this as more of a toy than a relationship builder. And I I don't know if that makes sense, and I may just be I may change my entire point of view. The next time I talk about it, but for now I'm, I'm just feeling like some of these games are too superficial to be useful um, and maybe don't really speak to something. I don't know, Truth or Dare was a lot of fun because it, it included a lot of getting to know you as well as a lot of doing things that were daring things. So different ideas sort of permeate.
3: Yeah, I tend to be more interested in, in games that promote emotional intimacy than the sexual intimacy just because i think there's different ways to get to the sexual intimacy that are more effective but board games are are very are very conducive to promoting emotional intimacy in my opinion even board and like i said it it might not be... That's not what the focus of the board game is. The board game is there to, to provide you some entertainment, but I think it's what you bring to it that will affect what you get out of it. So, I mean, just going back to the whole... The Ginkopolis that we played together, that board game is... We've played it before. It's not... It wasn't something new. It wasn't something that was designed to promote intimacy, but in that situation, it did, and it was... So I think it's, it's how you bring your thoughts and your experiences to it and, and what you want to get out of it more than what the board game is is trying to provide you will help to create the intimacy. So you can do it with, you can create that intimacy or, or allow it to create that intimacy regardless of what board game you're talking about.
0: So it's an attitude you bring to the game.
3: Yep. Yeah, I think so.
0: Diplomacy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that that's anti we shall,
2: intimacy. Please don't mention that game again in my presence, sir.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's for the episode on games that lead to murder.
3: And divorce. <laughs> yeah. Murder, <laughs> divorce, <laughs> jail.
0: Damn, now I gotta put another one in the list.
1: Uh, yep. <laughs> I agree with Susie completely on that one. <laughs> but um to me, it's just um being on like she said, being on the same wavelength and, and spending time with each other it does it does make a difference in in liking the same things and um,
3: but even if you don't like it like with you and Brian you they're a game you take one for the team, so even though you might not really enjoy the game, you're enjoying the time spent with with each other and so it's it that that focus takes precedence over the actual thing that you're doing. The game yes. that you're doing. Yes. So it's just there to help promote everything else.
1: Yeah, the relationship and stuff. Yeah. But and even if the game it does promote the snarkiness with us, it's still it's a bonding experience because we both like snarking at each other.
2: <laughs> we snark- don't need a game to promote snarkiness between us. But it helps. <laughs>
0: all they need is some stairs and a heavy bag (laughs) or a sense of, I got to get somewhere right now.
2: (laughs) I have one of those Andre, the giant moments, everybody move.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for talking to me about, uh, games and intimacy. I, I think it's such an important topic and, uh, I'd love to hear from our listeners what kinds of games they use to create intimacy, uh, what they think about these topics. Um, you, you can write us at gamers at rollingforchange.com. You can show up at the forums online and talk about this episode or any episode of Rolling for Change. and uh, You can also join our, our Geek Therapy Discord chat and come and talk in the, the tabletop board gaming section or, or anywhere in there really. So, just want to invite anybody who listens to us to come join the party. Uh, we really want to hear from everybody we can. And I really want to thank all of my wonderful co-hosts for joining us in this incredible journey of talking about board games and intimacy. Thank you all very much. You're welcome. My pleasure.
3: Thanks for having us. Will there be? Thank a, you.
4: Will there be a PG-13 version of this episode? hmm <laughs> <laughs>
3: Is that even possible?
0: Wouldn't we have to cut everything out?
3: (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say.
0: The thing about board games and and also this other thing, (laughs) it's just going to break up
2: all (laughs) the way. All right. Let's be honest between all of us here. If someone looks at the title of this and it mentions the word sexuality, I think we've
0: already established what level we're going to here. True. Yeah. True. And rolling for change has never been for the kitties.
4: The PG-13 version could be like games that lead to holding hands or something like (laughs) that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, I don't think you're going to get a lot of takers. (laughs) What's that, Ginger? For some reason, I don't think you're going to get a lot of takers for the holding hands. (laughs)
0: Well, maybe high school kids who are just trying to get no. Why well, it's high school? Get out of high here! High school? What it's
3: beyond <laughs> holding hands. Thirteen is even beyond holding hands.
0: Yeah, yeah. High I'm sorry for think- my Puritan upbringing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> high schoolers are thinking, "Can I please get that pretty girl to play Twister with me?" <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: No. Yeah, or they're I mean, playing had- spin
0: the bottle. I I don't know I had what my- level. I don't know when you start at, like getting to a point where you're playing. You better start game figuring games. that out because.
3: Yeah, I know. We got a 12-year-old. Considering I had my first actual kiss with a boy at eleven, so you know.
2: Time to have the talk. My first game of seven minutes in he- Oh, we've already had one. My first game of seven minutes in heaven was on my sixteenth birthday. No, no, mm. no. Fifteenth birthday. Mm. Maybe 14th. I was a freshman in high school. I know that.
0: I revealed too much by saying my first kiss was at five. Oh my. <laughs> What kind of kiss was it?
3: As I was going to yeah. say. Let's define what you mean by by, by that cuz yeah, okay, we did if we're going to talk French. Okay,
1: see, I'm talking when
3: the 11-year-old she was But was my
0: matmate and we did kiss on the lips.
1: Okay. So, Woody was an early bloomer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Oh no, I did plenty of that when I was
3: in preschool. <laughs> it's just 11 was when the actual first French kiss happened, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, I think I was 12 when I first yeah. French cl- kissed. Yeah.
4: I know you all so much better
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't even have to play, you don't even have to play Joking Hazard with us now, Though so. I still really want to
3: play that with you, Oswe.
0: <laughs> yes, we, we, need, oh, to, we to. need to come down and play games for this. <laughs> we husband. have
3: it, so, you know.
2: Wow, my first real yeah. kiss was when I was a freshman in high school. You guys, wow. Early bloomers. <laughs>
0: I came out wanting to get back in.
2: <laughs> so you have an edible complex? Oh my god. Oh my Lord. <laughs> Hopefully made trying to get it get it back into someone else. <laughs> okay, uh, we're oh, going to move on husband, now. My husband,
3: folks. My um, husband. I, I can't believe I married him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You roll the dice, you take the consequences.
1: Oh my lord!
4: Yeah, yesterday with my girlfriend, she was saying something like, "Oh," but that was back when we were getting to know each other. And I just looked at her, really seriously, stared at her, and I said, "We're still getting to know each other. Like there's things that you're you're learning every day
0: about your partner." It's true. It it is absolutely uh, true. Yeah. So far, it hadn't broke us. <laughs> <laughs>
5: All right. So what do y'all well, got?
3: Twenty years? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, twenty-two if you. For yeah, if you count dating and being together and all that. Oh, not so, 28 years of marriage. So.
0: Yep. Craziness. Well. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and uh, keep on rolling for change. You've been listening to Rolling for Change, episode twenty-seven: Intimacy and Sexuality in Gaming. If you'd like to discuss this or any other episode of Rolling for Change, you can send email to gamers at rollingforchange.com. Join our forums on the Geek Therapy Network or chat live at the Geek Therapy Discord. That's discord forward slash Geek Therapy. Rolling for Change is proud to be a member of the Geek Therapy Network. Whatever your geekdom, the Geek Therapy Network has a place for you. We host multiple podcasts, offer a forum for discussion, and a Discord community. Find out more at geektherapy.com. Our theme music comes from the band Rocket Scientists. Find out more on bandcamp.com. Until next time, thanks so much for listening and keep on rolling for change.